0: It will happen that the word coming for this evening, your own special part of it will enter your heart. It will give you direction. It will give you you understanding. It will set you on the right path concerning the will of God for your life in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. Please greet somebody as usual on your left and your right. Make the person feel welcome. Make somebody feel like we are happy he or she came. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now, I want us to, of course, as you know, it's our school of prayer, and we have been looking at certain keys that are necessary for change to come. And, of course, on Saturdays, we are teaching on the gospel of change. And our school of prayer, we are looking at those things that God said um, we have to bear in mind before change can come. We have explained that change... Is not just because of dates. You must understand that spiritual things work um, slightly differently from physical things. But the physical things actually explain spiritual things to us. What I mean is this. The fact that um, the dates change to January 1 from December thirty-first does not mean anything is going to change outwardly. All right? Yet, because we can also explain that by looking at, for example, your university... You don't graduate just because you've been there for four years and you came in for a course that's supposed to take four years. You graduate because you have acquired enough credits. You've passed all the necessary courses. It's just that they estimate that you should do it within four years, okay? And that's the minimum and, uh, amount of time that's allowed maybe in that university. But the truth is that they're not going to graduate just because you've been there for four years. They are going to check whether you have accomplished all the things necessary. That's what the Bible calls the fullness of time. The fullness of time has to do with whether all the events in that time has been uh, or have been um, completed. They have been accomplished. Do you understand my point? And that's one thing in life. Don't be in a hurry to say my change has come, must come, must come. It's not you that will decide that. It's just to check what are the things that God wants me to change in a particular season. That is when my change will come. All the changes that God wants us to make, they are fundamentally internal changes, changes concerning our attitude, changing concerning our belief system, changing concerning our thoughts, the things that we are thinking. Are you getting my point? The way you think matters to God. He said to them in Isaiah chapter 55, your thoughts are not my thoughts. You understand my point? So the way you think, the way you consider things, what matters to you matters to God. And this God checks what you consider important. Let's give an example. The best example I like in that area Jesus said, What's, what do you think about money? Some people, is a measure of their life. How much of it I have is a measure of whether I'm successful or I'm not successful. How much of it I have is a measure of whether my life has amounted to much or it has not amounted to much. There are those who look over their lives, maybe they are 50 years old, they just look, to tally their bank accounts, look at their, you know, the material things that they have, and they decide that, look, I have not done well. Now, that is a very wrong way for a Christian to think. And listen, please, let me just beg you, don't waste your time. When I say don't waste your time, is that I don't think that God is going to change his mind concerning you just because you are stubborn. He has to get you to change the way you reason. So change it early so you can move to another phase of life. That's what I'm going to explain. You know, I like the story of Derek Prince. I've forgotten the age now. But the particular at the age of 40, he looked around him. There was literally, materially speaking, nothing. He did not have a bank account. He did not own a house it didn't own anything. And most importantly, it didn't even have a plan. So, everybody, thinks, you need you need a five-year development. All those rubbish things that we like to say to ourselves. You know, we like to keep busy. One of the most difficult things for God to accomplish in the lives of Christians is for them to rest. And as I said, the world keeps on giving us things to do. They tell us that, God I still remember people discussing, say, God wants to see your 10-year plan. It's obvious you stop reading the Bible. When you start talking like that, you are no longer reading your Bible. Should you do a 10-year plan? Yes. When you are doing nothing else, what else will you be doing? Drawing plans. Those who are busy, are so busy doing things, they don't have time to be drawing long plans. Jesus said, occupy with this until I come. I hope I get my point here. Please, let's bear those things in mind, okay? So God wants to change our, wrong, you know, our thoughts. So, what's your thought about money? The recruits said he didn't have any plan. None. Now, let's make a long story short. By the time I was telling this story, it was an 80-something-year-old man. And affected his generation seri- seriously. At that time, more than half of the globe was listening to him on a daily basis. His books were in at least twenty different languages. They were broadcasting him all over China. It was telling the story that forty years ago, I had no plan, none at all. I was listening to him this morning or yesterday night, describing how he entered into. I became a U.S. citizen. It was not a plan. It was just, he got a kind of um, a job to come to Canada and teach in the Bible school. And I think pastor the church, I can't remember very well. So after a while, that thing expired. He, he didn't really like it, and uh, so he had to leave. Now, where will he go next? And I remember that a friend he made during the war, another soldier, an American soldier, who had become a pastor, had told him, had an open invitation, That any time you are coming to the U.S., I don't need any warning. Just show up, show up in my church and come and pastor with me for some months. So he had that open invitation. So he remembered that. So he decided to come to the United States. So he got to the Canadian border, of course, he's from Canada. He got to the border and they asked him, what are you coming to do? He said, I'm visiting. He said, for how long? He said, six months. So the border official looked and said, six months is not a visit. Now, don't forget, it's a British citizen, all right? So he could enter the United States without much um, issues. He said, six months is not a visit. So he told the man that, well, I don't know. Can you help me? What am I supposed to do? The man said, in that case, listen, I think I'll just register you as an immigrant. Right then and then, the man made him fill another set of forms. And he said, you are immigrating to the United States. And he said, thank you. That was how him, his wife, and the little adopted African Kenyan girl that they had entered into the United States. They didn't plan it. The man just said, you can't be busy for six months. Two years later, I think thereabouts, he was an American citizen. And he lived there for a very long time. From there, God opened doors for him. He said, God just opened doors because he was a systematic teacher. And most of the Pentecostals and charismatics that time in the United States, they do a lot of shouting. There are very few teachers. So when they found a man who believed in the gifts of the spirit but could teach systematically, they just grabbed him. And so he had a very rich, you know, itinerary going from one place to the other until eventually, let's make a long story short. Till now you have hundreds and hundreds of his messages. Of course, do I need to tell you the man that will preach for all those decades? There are hundreds and hundreds of messages out there and his books are in up to 20 different languages. Many of those he did not even have anything to do with. That was the man that didn't have a plan at a particular point in time. So, please don't worry about it. God plans for us. I hope you get my point. Let's bear that in mind, all right? It's very important for us to understand, okay? Now, so, change. Each season, God gives it to us to change something about ourselves. Now, we are teaching on prayer in this season, that is in this our Tuesday meetings. So, I will focus on this aspect of prayer. So, the first day, we looked at how we should change concerning our, uh, what was the first change? Pride, thank you. Uh, We need to deal with pride issues, okay? And then we start aligning ourselves with God, all right, the way God thinks and all of that. So today, what I want to go on into is to, because we are going to ask, we are going to pray a particular prayer. You see, God is changing us. We must understand God's order. What is more important to him? One of the things you must do for yourself as a Christian, that's what discipleship is. You must learn what is important to God. You know, I was, um, this at a point in time, I think, Late in December, early in January, I went to go and pick my kids from Benin. So one of my friends, a pastor, he came to see me and we're talking. And he said something that, you know, that guy has a lot of understanding. He said something that <laughs> many Christians don't understand. I had to agree with him. I said, my, my man, that is the word of God you just spoke there. He said many of the things that people complain about that we don't know what is important to God. We're talking about leadership. Now we're talking about America. Now, Donald Trump, you, you, um, you know a lot of stories about Donald Trump. Which one do you know? Which one don't you know? Donald Trump does good, does bad. I mean, depending on who is looking, you know, who is analyzing. So we're just talking about Donald Trump and our own president in Nigeria, Muhammad Buhari, and he says something which is so true. He said people don't understand that what matters to God is not what matters to everybody. There are things you are angry with a man about. God doesn't care. Some people are angry with Donald Trump. That uh, maybe his words are not accurate. He says he says too many inaccurate things. God says he forgets. That's the problem. <laughs> he says, ah, he, he divorced his first wife and the second wife. You are adding know. God is just looking at you. What is using to assess the man? You don't know. So you may hear some people say that he's a righteous man. How ah, can he be righteous? Look at the kind of thing he's doing. You know, sometimes, please, I know what I'm going to explain here. That is that we should learn what is important to God. Do you know, if you read the story of David in your Bible, the David of your Bible, if they bring him to rule today, United Nations will send him to prison. You will not even like him. Some of these things you complain about, let me not mention, as well as not to lose you, that's happening in our country, David would have been guilty of some of them. A man after God's heart. If you go and read it between the lines, and read some of the things that David did, (laughs) you <laughs> just say, David, it's good you rule that time. If you come and rule now, nobody will follow you. Many times people are like, let me get an example the world today. There's one word that's very common and people think that it's a very nice and righteous word. Inclusion. Inclusiveness. The society that is open and inclusive. Do you know if you look at that word very well, it's a very nice way of denying God and offending God every day. Yet it is praised every day in the media. There are people that God said, don't let them enter the congregation of the saints. The church said, open your door to everybody. The other day I was thinking about it. Jesus is called the prince of what? Are you awake? or asleep? Prince of what? Thank you. That's how to answer somebody who's preaching. You know, you can be an anointing booster or what? An anointing killer. If you whisper when I ask questions, you are killing the anointing. If you answer me, peace, then I know you are there. Jesus is the prince of what? Peace. Thank you. That's the way it should be. Any way you want to attain peace that's outside Jesus, you are just deceiving yourself. So don't rate it highly. Somebody showed a video the other day of different world religions coming together to sign a peace agreement. I said, Jesus said, don't sign. Christians, don't sign. Were you bombing people before? Were you bombing before? As a Christian, were you bombing? So what are you signing? That I won't bomb anymore. Because usually when you sign such agreements, it's, I won't preach anymore. That's what they are agreeing to. They muzzle the name Jesus from your mouth. Don't sign any agreement. But the word makes you look like you stubborn person. Be very careful. Be very careful that you don't you know, highly esteem what God lowly esteems. You know, I meditated a few days ago. I was it yesterday or the day before? I was into some messages and all of that. And the meditation came upon me. And I realized that most of what the world is telling us to do is iniquity in the eyes of God. For example, how to save up for retirement. God said that it's madness. He said, whosoever wants to save his life will lose it. That you'll be poor when you're old. Because if you want to find your life, lose it for my sake. Waste all your resources pleasing God today. What I've said doesn't sound rational. That's how Christianity is, is radical. If you see the way we'll say, listen, pres- look at a lot of the teachings we have in the world. is preserve your life, preserve your life, preserve your life. Jesus said, whosoever wants to preserve his life will lose it. He said, but those who will find their lives are the ones who are willing to lose it for my sake. <laughs> I thought about it. We'll get there. We'll get a teaching. The principle of discipleship, don't worry, it can't make sense to the world. You can't. You can't. I think of for something He taught me long ago. When I'm supposed to do something, I always ask, them, "Why am I supposed to do this?" One day we're talking about stock market. Stock market. I never bought stock or sold in my life. That time, people said, "You know, your children have to go to school." I said, "That's how I buy stock." You want God to put me out of ministry? Say so one day you may have to need to buy a car. You need where you will hide your money. Jesus said, I shouldn't lay off treasure on the earth. All the reasons they gave me for buying stock made no sense to me. So I did not buy. You know the day I finally bought? Charles Soludo said, Nigerian banks are undercapitalized. They are too small. That they have to capitalize to a particular sum. It give them a time limit. And I was in Kingdom World Minister, I was preaching. That restore our captivity, O Lord, as streams renew the desert. And God said, those who sow in tears shall reap with joy. And I understood. He said, those who sow, who go forth bearing the bag of seed, King James will say precious seed, shall doubtless again return with rejoicing, carrying their sheaves that they harvest with them. Now, something struck me there. God said, you are saying restore our captivity. I'm saying you sow in tears. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So, you say, economy develop. Because they invest in it. You want to, you know, people will go and hide their money and be praying for their economy to develop. Because they're like, like, I will never answer such prayers. You don't believe in that economy. One of our sisters asked me that she was discouraged where she lives, you know, River State. That they want to make a lot of investment, you know, millions and millions of naira. But the, this environment is so discouraging. So, I said, next time I come for the program, our program there, I will talk with you. When I got there, I told her, I said, my sister, Make the investment. Am I promising you won't lose it? Who am I to say such a thing? I won't. Can you lose your investment? Of course. Scores of millions of nair. Ah, Why not? It shouldn't be the first. So why am I doing it? I said, because that's the only thing that gives you a right to possess the land. I said, except you are willing to sow in the land, your prayer for the land is useless. So God, that's what God does to us. He places us in a particular place where You have to obey him, otherwise you see the loss you are going to suffer. When I say loss, I don't mean material loss. Sometimes when I'm in traffic, eh? Have you ever been before? You are queuing up nicely in traffic. Then, boss will come this way. Everyone will just be passing you. Just be passing. Creating disorder. Sometimes you just want to join them. You know one reason why I don't? Not because I'm not in a hurry. Because my prayer for order in the society, I I will kill the prayer. So you see me stay on a traffic queue and iniquity is happening beside me. I'm not, it's not, don't think I'm a nice guy. No, I'm preserving my ability to pray. I will sit there and say, no, Lord, I'm not joining. Father God, I ask you for order. Let it happen in this city that people who join like this will be arrested in front and they'll be charged. As I pray, no, seriously. I said we can't continue like this. There has to be order. There has to be order. Because I'm praying that there will be Order. I refuse to sow a seed for disorder. So listen, Christianity, listen, following Christ is painful sometimes. So you see, I'll just stay there. And you think that this man, I'm not patient. I'm praying. And once I leave that line and join the disorder, my prayer is wasted. Sometimes that's why we do what we do. You just stay there because you don't want to sow a seed that shows you don't believe in the prayer that you are praying. What am I explaining? God is changing us. These are the things that are important to Him. Yesterday or two days ago, I got a. You no, know, I said that we should learn what's important to God, right? About two days ago, I got a church. You know the way it is. Fold it around. We need to pray. One million Christians should gather. Like one preacher will say, "Let's gang up against God." <laughs> one million of us praying, He must answer. I hope you know it doesn't work like that. One million people praying does not make God answer. I've never seen where the Bible says that if there are plenty praying, he will answer. What is it? Two or three. I agreed. It doesn't need a million. And sometimes only one person will pray. It will save a million. All right? I got one of those prayers anyway. Christians in Nigeria, they are praying. And when I saw the prayer points, they said it was generated by a can. Now, it's WhatsApp, so you don't know whether it is true or false but look righteous. But the person who posted, they said, even if you don't agree with everything, please, let's cry out to God. Let's cry out to God. I just closed the chat. I'm not joining. I'm sorry, don't think I'm a rebellious person. It's because I saw the prayer points. And I'm sorry, I said, can you don't? this is not how to pray. Now, l- listen, I'm not saying the prayer points were bad in themselves. You see where I'm going. The things they tell you should pray about, I pray about them in my house also. But I just felt that as a body. So this was most important to us. That these kidnappings must stop. You know, Boko Haram killed one pastor, killed one Christian, all of that. I was like, uh-huh. Is this a prayer point? You didn't ask yourself, how did you get there? Now listen, personally, I don't have a problem with those prayer points. As it grieves you, go ahead. But when we have to gather as a body and handle issues, I think we start with the more serious matters. We first start with those, with First, you know, judgment must begin where? In the house of God, not in Boko Haram camp. Not in federal government. It must begin in the house of God. So let us start from there first now. And ask ourselves, what is going on in the house? Let me tell you what say Satan into our midst. And the devil to cause destruction. Bring off havoc. Division. When the body of Christ is not united, there is no prayer they want to pray. They will have problems. We have not been at a the prayer point. When we lie with the word of God. When we hide Jesus so we can be popular. When the name Jesus is now a problem to us too. These are the things that cause problems for us as a nation. Because like the recruits we say, we are held res- responsible for all the problems. These are the things that cause problems. We are not praying about them. We are praying about the problems that they cause. While we continuing in the course. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Huh? No. When I saw the prayer, I just felt like, whether it's can or not, I don't know. But I felt like, whoever started this, I hope you know this is not our primary concern right now. As a church, we have more intense problems. And remember where I began this from? Let's, when you want to pray, know what is important to God. If you hear that one politician made away with one billionaire, he shouldn't give you a sleepless night. If he doesn't steal, now you go steal him. Somebody must steal. So that is the fellow or you. <laughs> Which one would <we> you rather do? <laughs> Be the thief? No. Now, I'm not saying stealing is good though. I'm just saying it doesn't give me sleepless nights. I have, sti- I have walked out of a church service before. That day, I was so angry. I left the church service because an invited minister was doing something that, you know, you know this kind of thing. You are so angry. The anger of man does not work the right <laughs> I reached my house to, discover, to remember I didn't have the house key. <laughs> so I parked under a tree. I just looked for a tree, parked there, and waited patiently for my wife to get back. Because we did, we didn't go to church together. I go in a different car, so she goes with the kids. I wo- in fact, when I, I told her when I was leaving. She said what I said, she did not hear it. Just, I just, I just came up to her, said something, something. Before she knew what I was saying, I had left, entered my car, drove out angrily, and went to my house, tried to enter the gate, realized that, oh, the key is in church. So I parked under a mango tree, just for a few houses down from mine, leaned my seat back, and waited for I don't know how long, patiently. See, I just imagine people in heaven laughing at me, saying, Share you the vex. Where did this your vex carry you to now? What was getting me angry? The pastor was saying, "If you want to break the back of poverty, rush forward right now, hundred hundred dollars to break the back of poverty." You know, is that the story like a joke, like a joke. When it got to that point, and I saw a lot of people rushing forward, I was that is, I was like, "Wait, see, is this are you joking? Is this supposed to be a joke?" I saw everybody rushing forward. Of course, they don't have $100. They had to go and put their phone number. And that time, the $100 was like uh, maybe 20,000 or so. You know, something like that. A little under that. that to go and play that deal. You know, and I saw all we like sheep going astray. I saw my people perishing for lack of knowledge. I saw the shepherds milking and fleecing the sheep instead of feeding them. I couldn't stand it. I got up. And I walked out. I think that's, that's the kind of thing that should be annoying us. That's the, look, listen, we should know our prayer points. When you want to pray, ask God which one is important to you. You'll find it in the scriptures. That's why we're saying that we change our order on Tuesday. Let's study first before we start praying. So everybody will understand and be moved from the spirit to what are prayers that are effective before God. I say boldly, I don't have any doubt in my heart about it. The problem in Nigeria of today is caused by the church of God. That one, directly. We don't focus on what is very important. And when we now have problems as a result of our lack of focus, we turn the problems themselves to a prayer point. We start prophesying that destruction will not come upon us. Forgetting that we are the ones setting the stage for the trouble that is going to come. That's why I teach my children, even in our house, when we are praying for the country. I always make sure that we pray for the church of God there. And what is the prayer? That they would preach the truth, practice the truth, and spread the true gospel. When I say, first one, teach the truth in their assemblies so that everybody can practice it and they will have the spirit that spreads the word out. If you ask my children to pray, that they are praying for the country, that's one of the things they have learned. Because that is what is important. That's why the Lord Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Many times for us, as believers, we are so, we are so full of prayer for the problems we are having. Financial problems, you know, and I have not promotion problems. I need to do this one. I need to do that one. And the Lord is just watching every day. See? That's not what your problem is. That's what happened to Israel. If you listen to my message, so what's wrong with the king? That's what happened to Israel. Israel was under captivity, they were, of course, attack enemies, Ammonites particularly, against them. And they asked themselves, well, how will we solve this? They went to God. Listen to this, oh! They went to God to ask for a king. And God said, in many ways, I'm putting many things together. You think that's what your problem is? That's not what your problem is. The Ammonites? Because they looked, every country, every nation that had, you know, conquered them had a king. So they felt, if we have a king too, we'll be conquering people. And God said, but I'm your king. The problem is that you guys are not following me properly. I am your king. They said, no, we need a human king. Samuel warned them that, listen, your problem is not the Ammonites. Your problem is not the lack of a king. Your problem is what? Disobedience to the covenant of your God. But they did not focus on that. They rather focused on the king they didn't have. So God gave them the king that they wanted. And the problems that came with it. The king himself now became a tormentor. Now became a conqueror of his people. So we believers, when we want to pray. Last year or two years ago, we talked about the most important prayer. We took Psalm 119. And went step, step by step through that sound. I said, this is the most important prayer. If you have to pray for yourself. That's the most important prayer. And that's why we we'll begin this year again with it. It is change inside us that is first. Today, let's take one the prayer point for today. Isaiah chapter 50. Last time we began to talk about this realignment. We are going to be reading from verse 4. I just want two verses there. He said, The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples. That I may know how to sustain the weary one with the word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Please, I want you to notice that. He said, "He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as what? A disciple very important there if you read, read the new living translation it says morning by morning he awakens me and opens my understanding to his will now please look up from your reading for a moment i want to, you know there are some things that we used to say that no you don't need to pray about just read your bible no i read my bible my bible says should pray about them now let me give an example when Jesus was speaking to Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to do what? Sift you all like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. Now, that is, it is possible to pray for somebody so that his faith will not fail. Troubles? Troubles? That's what Jesus said. He said, pray that you will not enter into temptation. Troubles? But many of us don't, you know, they are not our primary prayer points. We focus more on (laughs) many other things. So when we see trouble, like we said the other time, we are full of pride. No, why would that man behave like that? Basically saying, I can't behave like that. You know what Paul said? If anyone is overtaken in an offense, those of you who are spiritual, restore such a one with a spirit of humility, fearing. Why? So you yourself will not be what? Tempted. So if you see somebody do something that is wrong, pray say, Lord, I don't know how he managed though. What pushed him? Lord, may that thing not push me. And in case that thing is pushing me, may I be able to stand against it. The day of push be my wall that I can lean against so I shall not be pushed down. In Jesus' name, amen. Very important. Not go to the pulpit and say, hmm, some people don't know how to resist temptation. <laughs> As I am right now, who wants to tempt me? Hey, if you, you know, there was one preacher in America, I won't tell you the name. Many years ago, it's not today's story. He did something terrible. Another minister, we go to church to, every day, See so all these ministers are doing terrible things. This is hypocrisy. Terrible things in the life of a Christian no so one man watched him and said "Ah, how can you say you're a preacher and you be tearing down that man like this that surely your life is not straight so that one hired a detective to follow him about and found out the house of the Ashewo he used to go to <laughs> ah, ah, that was, the, the man just said no the way this man is behaving, he can't be straight. That a straight man will be full of, you know, pain for that other man. A straight man will be full of, you know, you no know, sorrow and be fearing for himself. Lest he himself be tempted. But when the man was doing, ah, the guy said, this guy is a hypocrite. He must be the normal. He just put a detective on him. He didn't the detective didn't have to work for so long. Put out the pictures, everything. Heavy scandal. Many prayer points the Lord gives us, we don't pray them. He said, "Lead us not into temptation." That is, you know, (laughs) choose the one telling us where you. (laughs) He said, "When they were in CBN, he was working. You know, they do some jobs there. You enter vault, you know, vault where they keep money. You will see cash, you know, real money, and not just naira." You see it in dollar, you see it in pounds. One of his friends saw money, said, see dollar, see dollar. He <laughs> <laughs> said so that when they will first carry you to, you will see money daily. They will first want you to be desensitized to the sight of money. Because they know that you will go mad. If they leave you there alone, that is, you see dollar from the floor to the roof. So the guy was jumping, he said, yes, see dollar. It's not you. You know, that's how people start stealing I What I am they say? When they are going to carry you to go and walk there, don't just say, oh, no, 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 there's nothing. He say, let him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. When you see dollar, you also go and kneel and say, Lord, I saw dollar. <laughs> I ask of you that I will not steal dollar. Father God, don't let me disgrace your name. The dollar is not my own. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of dollars that he possesses or steals. Thank you. Thou shall not steal, you commanded Israel. And you said, let him that steals self, the one that already stealing, let him not steal anymore. How much more me that wasn't stealing before? The commandment is also my own. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Next time you see dollar, you will not notice. You won't notice. It's called Grace. Grace will enter into it. "See say, where is it? Down? Oh, yes, yes, it's true. We are the ones that keep it there. You will notice anymore. That's what I mean. Jesus made it a prayer point for us. So it must be a prayer point. The one I want us to focus on, we're going to start praying in a moment. Let's read this again. Let me just revise this, and then we'll go to Ephesians chapter 1. He said, the Lord has opened my ear. No, sorry. The Lord has given me the tongue of the disciples, of disciples. That I may know how to sustain the weary one with the word. This is my emphasis. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. New Living Translation says he opens my understanding to his will. Please hold that and quickly go over to the book of Ephesians. Brethren, before we start praying about many other things, let's settle these things first. These are the things that are important to the Lord. Blessed, verse 3. No, sorry. So Let me just start from verse um, 15. It said, For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints. Two important things Paul used to look out for before he started praying for people. Because he didn't use to waste his time on unserious Christians. He said, What having heard of this? I do not cease verse 16 giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you abundant prosperity. Was that what he said? Give you the promotion you have been looking for. No. Well, this people not in need of money, they were. He said, I pray, rather, that the God, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. Let me just stop reading here. What was Paul praying for here? The same thing that Isaiah was telling us in Isaiah chapter 50. He wanted to pray for people that there may be sick people amongst them. who did not remember their sicknesses. He wanted to pray for people that also wanted prosperity and progress. He did not remember the need of prosperity. And he's 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 telling them what he's praying for them concerning. That they will be filled with the knowledge of his will. That the eyes, the eyes of the understanding will be enlightened. That they will know the hope of His calling. Let me say this, and we'll begin to pray. You've heard me say it many times, anyway, but we can't say this is enough. You know the truth? Many Christians, all of us. So I'm not pointing at you, or you. I'm pointing at who? All of us. See the way the where the finger has stopped? All of us. We generally are not very serious. We generally don't take the word of God very seriously. We read the scriptures, learn a few things, learn a few keys, press a few keys, but to really commit to following the Lord, we don't do it a lot. And I'm bringing up what I want to bring up from there is this: we need to improve. It's not by strength. There's nothing you do before God by your strength, nothing. What is Christianity? Is following the Lord Jesus. Following the Lord Jesus is not a physical following. It is taking his yoke upon us. It is learning of him every time. Like I was saying earlier, many of the things the Lord instructs about, we don't obey. Why? They are too radical. We don't take them seriously. Let me give you an example. If you see the way a lot of established, you know, that in certain countries, the way the church behaves as a group of people. It's obvious they, they, that they have the very nice way of just overlooking some things that are clearly written in the Bible. Let me give a very simple one. I'll give two. One, the way we raise money a lot of times. Jesus said clearly, that's not how to give money. But we don't care. I haven't seen people read it before and say, this one, we will suspend it for this money. Say, is it God?" No, 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 no. Today, we are going to make a show of our offering. He's like, excuse me, sir. But Jesus said, don't. The after I will turn it into a habit. It's a, it's a habit. Who's giving one million? Come forward. Come forward. You will now start saying things like, um, we we'll use it to challenge other people. You disobey the word of God to challenge other people. How does that make sense to you? One day, one man called me once. He said, he wanted in their advice. He said, he needed to gather money in their church, so. So he, had, he was going to give a certain amount. So he wanted he to challenge other people, but how will he do it? He doesn't want to announce that he gave that money. I say it's very simple, sir. Just say, brother, we know you, you know we have to be able to, get, we have to gather this 1.5 million over the next three weeks. We need it for so and so and so. But we thank God, somebody has already given us 150,000. Amen. So they don't know who it is. It, yeah, they won't know. He said, oh, he didn't think of that. I said, oh, guys, okay. it's very, very simple. It's very simple. But we we'll just make it a habit. There are things God says clearly. We'll turn it around. God says, I hate divorce. We just think it is normal. If we are, if, if we are tired of our wives, we'll quarrel and walk away. And you get to some countries, a normal thing. It's not, it's not frowned upon the least bit. Now, please, I'm not saying people can't have married troubles. And I'm not one of those that say there's never any occasion for divorce. The Bible makes it clear. They give us a few conditions like that, in which the Lord says, that, in fact, he said these are the only conditions. He said it clearly. But we'll take it and throw it away like he didn't say anything. When it comes to preaching the gospel, very few of us engage. I say, I'm not talking about people here now. I'm just talking about the church as a whole. Very few of us are actively, we spe, listen to this, we actually deliver, we come to church, we give our puppy to people who tell us how to lay up treasure on the earth. So next Sunday's our financial seminar, a man will come and start telling us, this is how you lay up treasure on the earth. To lay up treasure on the earth, you take 15% of whatever you earn and put it in a fixed asset account. Somebody say 15%, say 15%. Amen. Amen. To prevent moth from destroying and thieves from breaking in and stealing, you will buy 16, uh, sorry, 25 mm steel rods to fence where you laid off the money. Amen. Jesus said thieves will break in and steal. We said no. So for moth not to destroy the money you have laid up, You will buy this kind of insecticide. Jesus is just looking like this boy. Is he alright? He's contradicting everything that I've said. (laughs) And amen. Praise the Lord. That's this service. Hallelujah. Amen. This earth is our home. We will take it over. We will live in our mansions on the earth forever. We are not pilgrims on this earth. We are eternal dwellers on the earth. Amen. Praise God. Let us pray. That's on this service. You know the problem? We don't have the ears of what? Disciples. Our ears are blocked. Jesus came to the, into the garden, of course he was the one, and told Adam, where are you? Adam said, I'm hiding behind here. He said, why are you hiding? He said, I found out I was naked. You know what he said? Who told you you were naked? Somebody has to tell you. You know the next thing he told him? Did you eat of that food that I said you should not eat of Jesus knows that what you have been working decides what you can hear. <laughs> I hope you are getting my point. We have been working a lot of nonsense, so our, our sh- we sheep don't know the master anymore. We hear every other person that speaks from a pulpit apart from the master. Basically, we don't have what? The ears of Disciples. And that's our prayer point for today. We are going to rise and we are going to pray. Just one prayer point. Lord, give me what? The ears of a disciple. Now, I'm serious. Like I said, don't take it for granted like, uh, as I'm going to church. No. Ask God, give it to me. You can come to church regularly and hear nothing. People came to Jesus and they heard nothing. The disciples had to go to him. No disciples, multitude. They went to him and said, why are you talking to them in parable? He said, hearing they will hear, they will not understand. Seeing they will see, they will not perceive anything. It's possible to come to church and not understand anything. One of the things God helps me with, a lot of people don't have that discipline, but God gave that to me. I can listen to the same message 500 times. If I don't count, once I think this message is the word of God, I play it all the time. My catalog has not increased much in recent years. Well, okay, okay, a few years ago, I did a lot of some of one or two ministers. But I've not increased so much. It's the same way I go around every day. Every day. If I use it to send myself to sleep, you know the five minutes before you doze off? No, I don't waste it. I just bring out the phone, press it. I've heard that message 50 times. It doesn't matter. I, I listen to it again. And many times you hear something new. There are times I just speak my Bible. I say, this book of Nahum, it's not very long but Let's quickly read it. And when it comes to the Bible, every time I do that, I get something new out of it. The word of God is ever fresh. I hope you get my point. What I'm trying to say is that even though you know some, you think you know something already, there's a new level of discipleship you need to step into. And you can't step into it by your own energy. It's when God opens your ear in a new dimension. Do you know that? Another thing I should quickly say, please pray to God. I, I, I pray that prayer, so let me leak it to you. Because if you have to open my ear, don't do it the hard way. There are different ways to open people's ears. There's a hard way. This is how God opens people's ears normally. Just pinch you, so boy, listen to this. The way you don't listen. Wah! Listen to this. That one I don't want. Because in that process, it may not go boss person, airdrop. <laughs> Now, it sounds funny, but God does that. So I always said to the Lord, please, use this simple one. Just prod me. Say, but I prodded you last time. Say, do it again. Please, God, don't do the hard one. Because the hard one is bad. And as far as God is concerned, you must learn that lesson. He won't let you die without learning the lesson. He will keep you on one spot for a long time until you learn the lesson. So I pray with that prayer to him. I say, Lord, please, eh, can I ask you for something? Anything I'm wrong in, can you correct it? But please, when you want to correct it, Please do it gently. And do it again and again. Don't don't be angry. Like, please don't correct me your anger. It's not nice. It's a prayer point I pray once in a while. And I'm not joking about it. But there was a decision I wanted to make one time. It took me a while. After I just felt like if you go that direction, your car will get accidental. <laughs> so I didn't go again. I won't put the worst thing that came to my mind. And it's not fair. It's not fair. I just felt like if I was trying to analyze the principles that was going to take me there. So what I did was I spent more time analyzing my decision-making process. I don't want to expose myself to a place where God will have to slap me to open my ears. I don't think I want that at all. It can be very, very painful. It's a prayer you must pray. Disciples come in different levels. Whatever level of discipleship you are in right now, you can get to a higher one. You know how you get to a higher one? God opens your ear further. It's not everything you can understand. You understand that? Jesus had some very nice disciples around him, didn't he? Peter, James, John, and all of them. Yeah, he told them there are things I want to tell you. But right now, you can't bear them. Let's the ask our feet. That's the prayer point for today. Well, I didn't know the change matter, change for ourselves. That is what we are going to use to pray. Lord, give me the ear of a disciple so that your word will be precious to me and that I will have understanding in the things that you are saying to me each moment. That's our prayer point for today. Remember, change begins where? Inside Inside us. It's not outside. It says seek first the kingdom of God and all other things shall be added. Many of the things we are looking for, you understand, they will come automatically to us if we set our priorities right. If we set our priorities right. If you are feeling perfect. Like you have nothing wrong with you. You need this prayer more than the rest of us. I hope you are getting my point. You need to pray and say, Lord, give me what? The ears of a disciple. Begin to pray. Say, Lord, give me the ears of a disciple. I want to follow you closer. Give me the ears of a disciple. Wake me up, Lord, morning by morning. Wake me up, Lord, morning by morning. That's a prayer. It's not time to kill witches. People are always killing All the witches are dead. You are not saved. Say, so, Lord, wake me up morning by morning. I waken my ear to listen as a disciple. So that I will not be disobedient to your will. New Living Translation says, he opens my understanding to his will. Say, Lord, open my understanding to your will. There is something you want me to do in each area of life. There is something you want me to do in in each moment of life. Open my understanding, Lord, to your will. That is a prayer for this evening. The ears of disciples. That's what we need. Say, Lord, pour that thirst inside me that I will be seeking you all the time. Those are the prayers we need to pray. Say, Lord, in all the challenges I may face in life, I pray that my faith will not fail. That so, you know, the Lord said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. He said, that's, look, that's how we pray for ourselves. Not worrying about anybody stopping my promotion. Who can stop your promotion? If God opens a door, who can close it? In your life, nobody. So don't worry about that. Pray to him today. Lord, open my ears. Give me the ears of a disciple. There is something you want to say to me. Say it and help me to understand. Say, Lord, have mercy on my disobedience. Very important. Say, Lord, have mercy on my disobedience. There are places you disobeyed Him in the past, and for that reason, your life has not been able to break into a particular level of a walk or effectiveness in this life. Say, Lord, take me back to that place that I might fulfill the obedience that is necessary. Can I again say something? That there was a church he was pastoring and he left. After some time, the Lord said, You didn't finish your work there. Go back there. He had to go back there, stay a while to go and finish the assignment he was supposed to do. Pray, Lord, take me back to the place I'm supposed to make corrections. There was a time that Israel had problems. They went and prayed. And the Lord said, It is for Saul and his bloody house. That is, their king in Israel put them in trouble. So they say, Lord, wherever I have used my hand to put myself in trouble, open my ears to hear a word of correction. Say, Lord, open my ears. That's, look, that's the ears of disciples. The ears of disciples. That's what we pray. praying. I think you should open your Bible to that portion of the book of Ephesians and pray for yourself from there. Where Paul said, I pray for you, what was the prayer point? He was praying for the people. He said, I give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of revelation, a wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. pray that prayer. say, Lord, Give me a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you. I pray that the eyes of my heart may be enlightened, that the ears of disciples will be mine. In the name of Jesus, that I will walk into your will effortlessly. That I will walk into your will effortless, effortlessly. That I will do everything that is pleasing to you effortlessly. That is our prayer that's our main prayer point for this evening that the spirit of commitment to Christ will come upon you afresh that the fire of God will begin to burn in your heart that Jesus will be more real to you than ever before that Christ will not just be a way by which you get some results that will become your life indeed oh let us pray That Christ will be your life indeed. That you will wake up thinking of Him, walk daily thinking of Him, go to bed thinking of Him, and at night you will dream of Him also. I want you to ask God that nothing will satisfy you but a fresh revelation of Jesus on a daily basis. Ask God that you want to be dissatisfied. say, so I want to be satisfied. I don't want anything on this earth to satisfy me, Lord. Except I see your face. Except I get to know you better. Day by day, Lord, renew the knowledge of you to me. That is what I want. The spirit that seeks. You know the spirit that seeks miracles or material things? That spirit that just seeks to know the Lord. Paul said, this is what is pushing me, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his sufferings. Can you believe that? People wanted to have fellowship in his sufferings. He said, being made conformable unto his death. Many of us, what are we looking for? That I may have a new car. That I may have promotion at work. That I may have a wife. That I may have a husband. That I may have children. We want to be satisfied in things that are temporary. Pray. Say, Lord, I pray. I'm asking you. Let me not be satisfied with temporal things. Say, Lord, let me not be satisfied with temporal things. Let me be satisfied only with doing the will of him that sent me and finishing his work. Pray that prayer so that you fire fire will begin to burn in your bones. That will not be a big deal for you to take a whole month's salary and disappear for just a three-day program somewhere to go and hear a fresh word. Many people are not ready to disturb themselves to know the Lord better. People have come to me many times. <laughs> they want to talk to me on the phone. No, they can't come to you. Any... The same message they know they know they, they want the word, they want that constantly by radio. They can't disturb themselves to you know, say, Lord, the spirit that's willing to disturb myself, that's uncomfortable until I get to know you afresh. Oh. I want to pray like this. Say, Lord, that same spirit you gave to Joshua. You remember Joshua? Joshua wanted to see the Lord like Moses was seeing him. Moses will leave the tabernacle. Moses, uh, Joshua will not go. Say, Lord, that same hunger that there was in Joshua. Place in me. That's what I'm asking you for. No, ask the Lord for that. Say, that same hunger that was in Joshua. Lord, place in me. Place in me. I want to burn for you, I want to be on fire for you. Disciples, disciples. Peter said, We have left everything and followed you. Say Lord, the ability to leave everything and follow you. The light the heart that leaves everything to follow you. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. We are still on that prayer point. I want to, I want to just remind us of one story. A young man came to Jesus once and he, he, he was very rich, but he loved God. He thought he did. He loved the Lord. He wanted what? Eternal life. So he came to Jesus and said, What must I do to gain eternal life? <laughs> Jesus said, you know, Jesus was not joking. You know. Jesus was just, you know, arranging him. Jesus knew where he was going. He said, you know the law now you know what to do. Um, Thou shall not steal, that shall not commit, Thou shall not covet, you know everything. The boy said, all of this I have kept from my youth up. He said, what is the problem? Jesus said, one thing you still lack. So what is that thing? He said, I will tell you later, but now, if you really want that thing, then this is what you will do. You will go and sell all that you have. Give to the poor. Then come and follow me. Let me add my own words now because I believe it is true. And you will discover the thing you still lack. That is when you know whether you really want eternal life or you don't. It's easy to want eternal life when you have normal life. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. You have plenty of money. Every, so it's like, let's balance every side. We want to enjoy this life and enjoy eternity. So Jesus looked and said, only. <laughs> you are looking for who you will defraud. No problem. If you really want eternal life, you can't take pleasure in material things. He said, go and sell all you have and give to the poor. And then come and follow me. Then you will discover what you are looking for. And you know what happened? The young man was sad. The rich young ruler, he was sad. And Jesus said, do you know why? He has, the Bible said because he had much possession. He was very wealthy. And Jesus looked at him. If I wonder, I saw, I saw a movie. And in, in the, the, film, the film about the Lord Jesus Christ. As that man walked away, Jesus, Jesus in that film looked and thought, so The disciples said, Do you see him? That is like this kind of, Do you see him? See him. And I said, It is hard, hard that, that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. Now, let's just do small teaching just for a moment. Is he saying that it's impossible? No, when Jesus wants to say impossible, he says it's impossible. Just that it is hard. People say, "No, can a camel pass through the eye of the needle?" There are two teachings there. Some say there is a part of the gate; those that was called the eye of the needle. The, the thing really exists, okay? But some, some were arguing that it didn't exist in the time of Jesus. But that's not the point. The point is that Jesus used to use—I don't want to use—he used to use hyperboles to make his point. For example, he would tell you, "You strain out a gnat and swallow what a camel." And I was talking about people who you know the tight mint and cumin, and then neglect the material matters of the law. So that's what Jesus was doing, I believe, at that particular point in time. But our focus, all right, today is this. A man said he wanted eternal life. They showed him the door to eternal life. But he saw the cost of eternal life. He turned away. The things of God, they cost too. Oh, they cost. They cost. And I don't mean the one Jesus paid for. That that one Jesus paid for eh, is one cost. There is a personal cost to you. Sometimes we don't understand grace properly. We think grace means that I don't have to pay anything. No. Because the real cost, the real cost, you can't pay. But to tap into the real cost, there's a personal cost. The other day, I was counseling with somebody. I give a story here a few few meetings ago. A young woman. She had some issues that I was counseling, helping her with, just trying to give her the mind of God. I said to her, I said, God collects payment. I like to do things like that. People will be suspicious. Okay, how much? Let me bring out the check. What seed am I going to sow so that so when I finished, I said, see, in your own case, this is the payment God is asking for. She said, she said what? I mentioned, of course, I know a lot of the story that she I told me things that happened. I picked two of the people, the two crucial offenders in her life. I said, God said, forgive them. As soon as I said it, her head dropped into her hand like, God. I said, sorry, that is the only payment he will collect. When you have agreed to pay him, you let me know, then we will pray. I ain't going to say a word of prayer until you pay. And what is the Lord's payment? Forgive these people. I know when people have done you strong things. You know what they call strong things? Like one man many years ago, they used to watch, this is JJ, JJ's father. He said, forgive. He said, the Lord said we should forgive. He said, the Lord never lost money. That's what he said. He mentioned the amount of money that he lost. He said, no, the Lord has not lost that amount of money. <laughs> there's, there's payment. There's payment. For some people, payment, oh, it comes in different ways. Payment, There's one particular man I heard of. The Lord just told him clearly, he couldn't marry the woman he loved so much. He had to go for missions. And this where God did it too. God did that the woman demanded that they stayed at home. He needed to move. That's why God made him pay. That's why his story is still being told years after. There's payment. Sometimes for the Lord, payment is that ambition you have had all your life. You wanted to be, you know, a, maybe, you wanted to have a PhD, become a university professor. You don't plan your life. You wanted to be rich. As a business, God says, you know, you, do you know what happened to Elisha? You make all the notes about Elisha, Elisha. Do you know what he paid? Elisha was planned with how many yoke of oxen? Was it Seven. The Bible gave us a number to let us know that he was a rich man from a rich household. He was a rich individual and it, and what's his name? Elijah went cast his mantle upon him, a rich man from a rich household playing with a certain number of yoke of oxen. So the man ran after Elijah and said, "My father, let me quickly go back home and go and say to something The man said." What have I got to do with you? Just a later, if you want to settle those things, you are not worthy of the kingdom. Do you not know, dare on the spot. Slaughter the animals. Use the, the, the yokes to make the wood. You roasted the thing. The man said bye-bye to his rich farm. The man said bye-bye to his rich life and began to move around with a prophet. Those prophets did not drive limousines. They did not have regular income. They just went everywhere, anywhere they get to. They're like the type, Jesus said, anywhere you get to, get to the house of whoever is worthy. Say, peace be upon this house. Whatever they give you, eat after that. look. thank God, prophets now wear suits and look nice. Those, they will know the prophet is gone by the garb used to, funny garb they used to wear. Long hair, they used to cut it. Rastafari, you know? That was a cost for Elisha. For Paul, what was his cost? Everything you counted as gain. Now you will count them as what? Loss. There's one prayer we'll pray in that regard. The way that rich young ruler walked away when he saw the cost of salvation. You are going to pray that you will not walk away when God presents your own cost to you. Because He will. He will, He will, He will. will. The person was saying, Look, listen, I know I keep on saying it. Don't believe the gospel of grace that says repentance is not necessary for salvation. It's a lie. They say it's only faith that's necessary. Repentance is not necessary. I've heard it preached before. But it's not true. That the Bible says that with the heart man believes, results, with that mouth, you know, quote you know, that scripture. Is that scripture true? Yes, except that the Bible, Jesus, Paul, Peter, James, and co. Did not know the difference between faith and repentance. I don't know whether you're getting my point. And if you go and see Jesus, Paul will preach that, what am I preaching? The repentance that begets salvation. Sometimes he will tell you believe, other times he will tell you repent. To them, it's the same thing. But this modern day, we want to not make it look like if you can believe. Once you can believe, you continue with your normal life, but you have believed. That is false believing. It's what James called the dead faith. The person said once he was counseling with one young lady. She, just, she, she was supposed to give her life to Christ at one of their meetings. And she, something was wrong. She, he, she did not know. She came to him that something is wrong. I don't know what it is. I, don't, I can't seem to properly give my life to Christ. So he prayed. I'm like, Lord, help me so I can help this young woman. Suddenly just turned I said, the guy you are living with, are you married to him? She said, what? The guy you are living with, are you guys married? She said, no. That he said he does not believe in marriage. Say, pack out of that house. You can't live with him anymore. The can say, like what? Say, pack out of the house. Let me add my words. That is the cost of your salvation. It doesn't pay for your former sins, we know. But it says to God, you have repented. There's nobody that Jesus met. He left them the same way he met them. Look, pray, say, Lord, I know you are going to make demand of me, the cost of my salvation. Let me not turn away and walk away like that rich young ruler. Jesus, I really want to experience that eternal life in a new dimension. It's an important prayer. People are walking away every day. That young woman ran away. David Poston said he doesn't know what became of her. But she turned and ran away. She turned and ran away. Pray and say, Lord, I don't want to run away. Help me so I don't run away. Lord, I know you will make a demand of me. You know, that's probably, people don't understand that. You want to disobey God and get away with it. It doesn't work like that. He said, Lord, that my faith may not fail. It's when people's faith fail that they walk away. They say, this is the door to eternal life. Because of money, we walk away. When the word of God comes, it will make a demand of you. Say, Lord, when that demand comes, let me not run away. It's an important prayer. That is what we are supposed to pray for ourselves. That's why we're supposed to pray for ourselves. Help me to obey at the time that you make that demand. Because God allows us to disobey, of course, with his consequences. But say, Lord, I don't want to disobey. Lord, may I not disobey. I don't want to disobey. I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I want my life to be found only in you. I want to reflect you in everything that I do. Lord, draw me closer. Make me hungry and thirsty. Satisfied only by the knowledge of you. And by the fulfillment of your will in my life. Say, Lord, put that disciple spirit into me this, this evening. That's my prayer today. So that everywhere I go, people will know this one has been with the Lord. People will know this one is with the Lord. This one is reflecting the glory of the Lord. It's a, praise, it's a desire. That's what we're expressing today. What is most important to us? The ears of disciples. The ears of disciples. The hearts that pants after the Lord. The hearts that pants after the Lord.
1: Let's continue to pray and say, Lord, when you make demands of me, help me, Lord, not to turn away. Can we pray? Except you are comfortable with this um, state. Except you are comfortable with this state. But if you truly desire a deeper walk and a deeper relationship with God, then let's begin to pray that prayer. Let's continue to pray that prayer and say, Lord, when you make demands of me, when you make demands of me I just need your grace I just need your grace in the name of Jesus Not to walk away I need your grace, strengthen me Not to walk away Strengthen me not to walk away Brethren, let's pray I don't know the demands that God will be making of you I don't know the demands he will be making of me But all we are asking is that When you make, when he makes that demand That will be strengthened Not to turn away Will be strengthened not to walk away you know he strengthens us that we won't even know when we make the decision of following him, It just supplies that strength. And sometimes it looks like ah, but begin continue to pray and say, Lord, help me not to turn away, help me not to turn away, help me not to turn away. If you desire a deeper walk with God, you desire to see God more in your life, you are dissatisfied with this, your present spiritual state, then let's continue to pray that prayer and say, Lord, help me. When you come making that demand, when you come making that demand, I just receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace. Brethren, let's receive grace this evening. The ear of a disciple. Lord, give me that ear. That as you give me instructions, and supply grace. I will walk according to your instruction and according to the grace that you have supplied. Lord, we give you praise. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we'll read from verse 1. And the emphasis will be on verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. The Bible says, Now, brethren, from verse 1, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia. That in a great ordeal of affliction, the abundance of joy and deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. In verse 3 now says, For I testify that according to their ability... And beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. Begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. It now says in verse 5, And this, not as we had expected, but they first give themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Now the emphasis is that they first give themselves to the Lord. That was why they could give in their poverty. That was why they responded the way they responded. They were not cajoled. The Bible said they first give themselves to the Lord. Can we pray this evening and say, Lord, help me to give myself completely over to you. Then when he makes demand of us, it will not be difficult for us to follow. Say, Lord, help me to give myself completely to you. He said they first gave themselves to the Lord. So when it was time to give to a church in need, it was not difficult because they understood that the money they had was not for them. They understood that everything they had belonged to God. Can you pray this evening and say, Lord, help me to give myself completely to you? Pray. Pray. I hold back nothing. Let me not say anything like I'm the owner. Help me to give myself. Like this church, He said they gave themselves first to the Lord. First to the Lord. Not a part of them that they gave. They gave completely completely. Brethren, open your mouth and pray. And say, Lord, help me to give myself completely to you. Lord, we give you praise.
0: Can we all rise for our feet? If you are sitting there, please, everybody just rise. I want us to take these declarations and then we'll close. Everything we have um, been praying about, I want us to declare it. All right? With a heart, man believes, resulting in righteousness. With a mouth, confession is made. All right? Resulting in what? Salvation. Your life is ordered by what you say. Your life is ordered by how you speak. Are you ready? Everybody, you repeat after me. Say, I have been crucified with Christ. Christ. Say that again. I have been crucified with Christ.
1: Christ.
0: It is no longer I who live, live, but Christ lives in me. The me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God. I live, God, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved, me, who loved me, and me and gave himself up for me. said, "I do not live for myself. I live for him who died and rose again on my behalf. said, "I am not my own. I am not my own. I live for the Lord. Say, God, God, whose I am and, and who, I serve. who I serve, I live for him alone. In the name of Jesus. Say, the Lord has given me the tongue of disciples. That I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Say, I am a disciple. I am a disciple. I am a disciple. I am not a multitude. I am, a I am a disciple I have the ears of disciples I have, the ears disciples. I have understanding I walk in the will of God I live for Christ alone I, live for Christ alone. I am a disciple I am not part of the multitude I did not come for what I am going to eat I am not looking for miracles I have come to look for Christ I Jesus I am ordering my life according to his word. I am forsaking my own thoughts. I am picking up his own thoughts. thoughts. The life I am living now. Is to fulfill the will of God. God. Say my satisfaction. satisfaction Comes from doing the will of him that sent me. I am finishing his work. work. Say in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I I say to my soul. Soul. Follow the, Lord. Follow the Lord, love, the Lord. love the, Lord. Obey the Lord, obey the Lord. Say, nothing will satisfy you, will satisfy you apart, from apart from the Lord. Say, in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus I declare that I, I, I am a child of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus I declare, I, declare, I, declare I, am of I am a servant of God. I serve him in all that I do. I that I do. Say, Jesus is living his life through me is walking through me. is living his life on this earth through me. Say, I am not my own. I am a blessing to this generation. I am a to this generation because Christ lives in me. I am a blessing to this generation. Now say this, I am a giver. I am, a giver. I am, not, a beggar I am not a beggar. Because Christ lives in me. Lives say, I have been blessed, I been blessed. With all spiritual blessings. in heavenly places places. because Christ lives in me say I release the blessing of God into my environment say this I am purpose minded -minded. every decision I take I I am purpose minded in them in every decision I make make, purpose is my primary consideration that I may fulfill the will of him that sent me that I may finish his work. Say the, the word of God is precious to me. I desire it more than food. I it more than food. My satisfaction, my satisfaction does, not does not come from material things. It comes from fulfilling the will of God for my life. I am the will of God in operation. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. My life is in Him. My life is in Christ. And Christ is in me. Say that again. My life is in Christ. And Christ is in me. I declare it for heaven to hear today. I will follow the will of God in my life. I declare it for heaven to hear today. My life belongs to the Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus... Use me, use me for your purpose. For your purpose. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, use me, use me for, the the for the will of the Father. Say the eternal plan for my life. For my life. Let me fulfill it, Let me fulfill it. In, the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. I consecrate myself to you again. I to you. Fill me with, grace. Fill me with grace. I grace. I receive grace. Say by the grace of God, I am what I am. His power is working towards me. His grace is working in me. It will not prove vain. But I will execute the will of God for my life. Say, so His grace working in me will not prove to be vain. But I will do the will of God for my life. Say, so this is my declaration today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say, so my Father, I have put my hands on the plow. And I will not look back. I will follow you till the end. Will the end. Say whatever it, will take. whatever it will take. In shipwrecks, in shipwrecks I will follow you till the, the end. In sufferings, in sufferings, I will follow you till the end. In abundance, I will follow you till the, the, the end. I don't have a life of my own anymore. Say it, I don't have a life of my own anymore. My life is in Christ. My life is in Christ. It belongs to Christ. He will do what He likes with it. I'm fully yielded yielded as an instrument of righteousness. righteousness. Wherever He leads me, I will go. Wherever He leads me, I will go. Whatever He 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 says I should do, I will do. do, do. Say, His word word is my final authority. His His word word is a lamp unto my feet. Is a guiding light on my path. This word tells, me where to go. His
1: word tells me where to go. No matter
0: how it feels, no matter how it feels that, I will obey. that I will obey. Now just wave your hands and thank, thank the Lord for these words. Say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. This is my dedication. This is my declaration. This is my dedication. This is my declaration. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. Before we close, I just want to say this again. Look, what we are doing is not just church work, but What I mean, is not just Christian activity. God is in serious need of people. Serious need. That is, you know, the, the more I study, the more I live, the more I realize that the Lord is not joking, and the Lord does not need jokers. You hear what I said? He's not joking and does not need jokers. If God allows me on Saturday, I may get to it on next Saturday. I just realized again that, listen, like I was saying to us earlier, what the world is teaching us is the reason why Christianity is weak and the power of God is not manifested. Most of the time, we are making decisions and counseling ourselves how to preserve our lives. And Jesus is saying, I'm looking for who will waste his life or her life for my sake. You know, that's what he's saying. And I realized nobody's even teaching me that anymore. And I had, to, I had to ask myself, am I teaching people? And that's why he said, we are too reasonable. I, ho- I hope I get my point. We are just too, that is, our Christianity is very popular. And once your Christianity is too popular, there's a problem. Every time you are making the decision, is reasonable. Everybody agrees with you, nobody disagrees with you, just know you have a problem. I think as a, look... We have, we have serious problems, and we will solve them in Jesus' name. Amen. What do we call problems, I mean, you know, let's, let me say something there. If you are not careful, God will push us to a point. Well, that is, you know what I mean. He will push us to a point where we literally, we want nothing but him. And I don't mean that good We want to say good, I don't mean a good way. It's like this. A time will come. You'll be in so much trouble. You just say, come, Lord Jesus. People don't want to die because they are prospered. When you buy a Bentley, why do you want to die? And sometimes when people begin to love this earth so much like that, God will put them into a kind of distress. They'll be crying for heaven. Like I said earlier, why do we have to get there? Why do we have to get there before we take this Christianity seriously? God is in dire need of people. People, look, sometimes when I'm making decisions, I just laugh. There are things that I do. People say, "Ah, you did this one in my mind. This is not hard. Let me show you what people have done." <laughs> I don't know whether you are getting my point. Let me show you what people have done in trying to save the Lord. Come and see what they have done at this one small thing, and that's why when I see pastors asking people to give money, give money so that they can prosper, it right now it annoys my soul. You are feeding their flesh. I said, John G. Lake sold everything he had, gave it out. A man who, in today's terms, would be a clear multi-millionaire in U.S. dollars. Till he had to beg and pray. He had to be, not beg people, pray to God for money to pay transport fare, ship to get to South Africa. Go and read his story. He said they had so much results in the churches there. People asked him, how did you do it? He said, let me show you how we did it. Then he showed the dedication of the men that worked with him. People who went into the jungles, the rural areas to go and produce their white men. They want the money was no longer coming. So he called them to come home and come and hear that there's no money anymore. So if you want to return from the fields, there were some over a hundred men. I've forgotten the number. They gathered and came. Said, listen, this is what I want to tell you guys. I can't guarantee you any support anymore. Money is no longer coming. So they told him to step out. He told him to step out. He stepped out. They discussed among themselves. He told him to come back in. When he came in, they set the communion table. They entered a covenant that they would serve God till death. They said to him, The only thing we're asking you if we die, come and bury. Not sowing seeds so I can prosper. He said that year I buried men, women, and children. But we have Christianity that is like if I give five thousand, God has to repay me with five hundred thousand. Otherwise, He has to refund me. I nonsense. What we need are Christians that look they count it a privilege. You know that's why I, I, me I don't know how to bear people say you don't come by people say you don't. If you don't want to come to Bible say that's your problem. Does it look like my problem? Come chop. Come walk. There are two different things. I'm serving the word of God free. I, I only did, <laughs> I will listen to the reference again. He said, listen, there was something he said. I thought I was a crazy man when I used to say Then I heard the man say it today, But I couldn't locate the message. I'll go and look for it again. That look, if you find Christians that are not serious, say, cut them off. It doesn't have time. I have to be begging you, let's go and hear the word. I have to be begging no, no, cut them off. I want my wife to listen to that portion because I've been practicing it for a very long time. And she was like, hey, why are you hard? Why are you hard? And now I realize that you need to be hard to do some things. Look, that there's so much work to do. And that's why I found out in my Bible. Paul did not, go and read. If you have one, show it to me. He didn't have time praying for people who were fooling around. He first had to hear of your faith and your love towards the brethren. Those are the fundamental things. Before even joining the prayer point. That's why I like the way I preach. I tell you, if you don't want to serve God, you're on your own. You know, I won't tell people that if you eat your money, God will not punish you. You know, I keep on saying it. We won't. It doesn't, it it doesn't, there's no need to punish you. You If you do anything you want to like, you you want to do with it, not me be telling people. I say, pastor, I say, "Why why are you not even ashamed? You say you are preaching the gospel, you have to be a beggar like this. Threatening fire and brimstone. If you don't give first fruit, second fruit will disappear. If you are here, you give first because of that. Poverty is your portion the rest of this year. I'm telling you, if you want to give, give. But if you are afraid, if you are afraid, God will just... That is, I'm te- now you have come to hear me now. You see, now I've worsened your situation. One Christians who love the Lord, they do what they do, not like they are trying to pay somebody. Off. God is not a mafia don. You don't pay him for protection. You don't pay him for blessings. Anything you do, make sure you know that this is the will of God. It will be a blessing to the people of God. It will advance the gospel. It will help somebody. That's why we Christians give. This kalokalotin is a sign of unseriousness. I've thought about it if we don't preach, it right, if we don't preach this gospel. In, 20, in 40 years' time, Boko Haram will be in Enugu. I don't think it will happen in the next 20 years. I don't think so, for certain reasons. Oh, you think it is natural to defeat things like that? No. Because they are the signs of the wrath of God. You cannot turn them back unless you do what is right spiritually. You go into the realm of the Spirit and say, God, where have we erred? What are we doing that is wrong? How are we living? What, was we, what were we preaching? Look, that's why we took did, 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 did the declaration. God is looking for Disciples. People who are committed to him, those who will follow him to the end. Give him thanks again and tell him, You are one of those. Give him thanks again and say, Lord, I am one of them. I am one of them. I am one of them. Lord, I am one of them. Say, Lord, I am one of them. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. The Lord is good. All right, let's share the grace we are living here now. Are we ready? Every Christian must learn. You must have a few chants like this in your life. Periodically, you pick one. I found one recently, very beautiful. Let me share it with you Isaiah chapter 15. Eh, Psalm fifty-nine. It's very beautiful. When you get home, go ahead and read it. Psalm fifty-nine. You have a chance like that once in a while. Okay? Just pick like Psalm twenty-three is a very good one. Don't get used to it. Though. No, it's Revelation. No, Psalm twenty-three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Read it regularly. Just do your head like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You should do that once in a while. If I there's something I said once, I'm serious. Occasionally you should do like you want to do juju in your house. Close the windows. Put off the light. Light two candles. It <laughs> just goes get there. Just if I put a bowl of water there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It means lighter and green. When you finish reading it, take the water, and drink. Boom. We're Africans. We you do, do strange things like that are once in a while. I think it will boost our faith. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is good. But just know what you are doing. I'm not saying that uh, that, that will now become a ritual. I Just like once in a while, you know, just to show that you serve, you, you get juju, you know, a lot of Christians don't know they have juju. When they see a man, if a man does like this, say, eh? What is it? Eh? They will be afraid. If any man does like that, I will blow on you. <laughs> I will blow on that hand for you. I'm telling you, I go just do it like this. Get away, my friend. Which juju you get? Come and try my own juju. Yeah, I'll give you five minutes to do your own. When you finish doing your own, I just do it like this. Have <laughs> you finished? I finished. That's all. It's called the breath of God. I hope you get my point. <laughs> I blow it upon you. Amen. So, please, Christians, periodically read to your Bible, pick a few chants once in a while, use it for a month, change it again. Use it for another month, change it again. I hope, I hope you're getting my point. Like now, I've just found Psalm 83 and 59, beautiful Psalm. When I found uh, that, I enjoyed that one for a long time. Till now, me and my children will use it once in a while. There is none like the God of Israel, who raised the heavens to, to my help and to the skies in his majesty. The eternal God is a dwelling place. And underneath me are everlasting arms. He has driven out the enemy from before me, saying, let destruction overtake, overtake them. He said, therefore, I dwell in the land of safety. And the fountain of my life is secure in the land of green and new wine. And you talk like that, you know, you, you feel happy. The day I was going to drive through kidnapper-infested area, um, uh, what do you call it? Headsmen, all of that. I was going to those State from Benin. I looked the road, Look the road. Said, children, repeat after me. We repeated that thing properly in the vehicle. Faith was boosted. At the drive, they go. Coming back time again. When I reach the bad side at your park. Oh yeah, everybody. That's the original jazz. The Lord is good. Now let's do our own incantation so we can go home. Amen? Want to? let us go? Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we have passed out of death. And we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let's say that one more time. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless people around you with us.